0: And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast
1: with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And today we're with somebody I've wanted to get on for a good while, Leanne Edmonds. She is located in Alabama. She went to school at Bama, fan of the Crimson Tide. Anyway, she's in uh, I guess just lives north, north of uh, Birmingham, which I've been to Birmingham. That's the only place I've been to in Alabama. Beautiful city. I thought it was really neat. Anyway, so she's uh lives there. Thank she's you. a uh she's a uh a fine art and documentary photographer, and uh she's an ex wedding photographer. Maybe you're could we call you a recovering wedding photographer? I don't know. Yes,
2: very no. much so, thank you. <laughs>
1: But uh yeah. Anyway, so, leanne thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. I'm glad you could take the time.
0: Well, thank you, and thank you for the lovely introduction.
1: Oh yeah, my pleasure. My ple- I, I, That's the least I could do. She told me uh, when we were talking before this that I sound like Howard Stern. You know, that's <laughs>
2: yes.
1: that's a compliment. I'll take that as a compliment because he's one of the most skilled interviewers in the country and mm-hmm. in, in American media, we have different personalities mm-hmm. and I did meet him. I'm not going to tell you where I met him.
0: I prefer your interview. That's um, right. Maybe you won't be so hard on me. like.
1: No, I'm, a, I'm not going to be hard on you at all. You know, uh, <laughs> you've done some really cool stuff and we need to talk about it. You know, if I mean, mm-hmm. then you, you know, you're not going to, not going to answer my question you probably hang up on me so anyway all right well leanne yeah leanne uh, i first ran into her she um she published an article of hers that she uh a year ago maybe it was two years ago now um all about the pandemic and yeah uh, uh, sort of how she switched things up during the pandemic and then uh we've got another one that's coming up um in march is going to be in our march issue about her switch to film so we're going to talk a good bit about shooting film uh but before we do that let's just get into you know to take a couple of minutes and tell us how you got into photography
0: well um I, I started back in 1994 so i've been shooting over half my life you add that up it's about 29 years of shooting and um it's just something that i've always had a part of my life and then i went to college with my studio art degree and a uh, minor in journalism and then i went into the real world and um just started opened up a business and started shooting for families newborn and weddings and i uh literally found myself thinking, how did I get into the wedding industry? Cause I never loved it. It was <laughs> always stressful. It wasn't, it wasn't me. And I, I it out for about 10 years and I was like, okay, um, I can't do this anymore. And so that's kind of like a, a short story of it, but it's just sort of an ongoing thing of trying to find my, myself with my work.
1: Yeah. Wedding, wedding business is tough. I've shot a couple.
2: Yeah.
1: And I just thank my lucky stars every time that I didn't make the mother of the bride mad.
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: That's probably the like,
2: and
0: And that's, yeah, because um, that's something like I realized um, that around 2020, when everything is kind of stopped and halted, and just kind of, I realized then that I could survive without my clients that I could work in another field. Mm-hmm. and reclaim my photography again for myself because I look back in like past 15 years I didn't have any work to call my own
2: yeah everything sure. I did
0: was for the pay was was for the paying client mm-hmm. and I wasn't showing people who I truly was as a photographer so mm-hmm. I it took a lot of brainstorming on how I would make a living but I was able to manage and uh, and start focusing work more for myself than for paying jobs.
1: But you know the thing about shooting weddings—it's almost like being a photojournalist in a way. I mean, because you gotta—you have to really be on your toes, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you got to be fast and spontaneous. And you know, how did that experience help you in what you're doing now?
0: Oh goodness, it—I wouldn't be where I was if I never did shoot weddings because that really. It helped me grow as a photographer, as a visionary, as um, being able to be in tune with action and predict something a moment before it would happen. Um, It just helped me also learn how to see a story in an image rather than just a pretty photo. Um, The downfall to it was no one seemed to care much about the story aspect as much as they did the pretty photos. And it was just disheartening for me because I had all this great work that I thought was valuable for the story, but yet they were wanting formal and they were wanting uh, pretty—I don't know—just stuff that was kind of superficial for me. Yeah,
1: more yeah. like uh, fashion I photography. No, I mean nothing against fashion photography, yeah. but
0: right, right. But
1: you know, everybody wants to be on the cover of Vogue. I think mm-hmm. at least the yeah. brides you and know, they the- want to look like the. The cover yeah, of a
0: fashion yeah, magazine. I, I did. I, I loved the clients, and and they were very supportive, and and everything. It's just it wasn't who I really was, and I had to um just come to terms with that. That's not my style as a photographer, and that's not what I want to be known.
2: Sure. sure. So
0: I had to get myself from that aspect of photography, so, and I removed all the work on my website. I yeah
1: so who are you? Should I ask that? who Or are you still are you still on the discovery page I as a am... photographer
0: <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> I think I think what I am is I had to circle back to my beginning years as a photographer to really because mm-hmm. I feel like as if you're a new photographer, I think that's when you're at your purest state, yeah when you're learning because, you're not in, you're not influenced by money. You're not influenced by clients or by what's popular. You just shoot for you. And so I think I had to go back to the beginning uh, stages of my photography, and that's why I think film was so important for me to to return to because to me that is sort of where it all began.
1: So when you yeah you know, when you back went back to film did that kind of trigger your mindset from the old days when you first started to shoot and all you had was film?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I couldn't believe, um, you know, just shooting film again. Cause it was like, I had to go back to the basics like a beginner photographer. Yeah. I do love how shooting film really brought out my weaknesses. It's not like I could just cover it over with editing.
1: Uh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Did, did you burn up a lot of film in the process? Or use up you know, a lot of actually, film? Actually
2: I've become a
0: I've become a very stingy picture taker. I don't take a picture when I'm shooting film unless it truly, truly moves me. And I learned that's another thing I learned about myself was I was just too quick to shoot because it was there, it was readily available, it was convenient. But mm-hmm. now when I have my film camera I can hold it for an hour or so before I, I really would say, okay, that's an image I want to take. It makes me more selective.
1: Yeah. That's, that's quite a shift. Cause you know, pixels was, are free. So just, you know, bang, 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 mm-hmm. take a few. If you don't like right. them, so what? But right. you know, you've only got 36 on that roll and how many rolls would you mm-hmm. have with you? Not all that many. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't shot film in probably about a year. I've got a bunch of rolls on a drawer here. And uh, I felt funny going out with it. I felt mm-hmm. limited. And it's probably a good thing, actually. Limitations right? always seem to be.
0: Yes. I recently wrote about that because limitations is what helped me grow. And I think I've grown since I started shooting film. And it's helped me with my digital photography. Yeah. Um, so like, it's not like I'm hating on digital photography. It's mm-hmm. just that I feel like I need film to grow in the digital world because yeah. it keeps you balanced. So um, because I saw an ad. Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Keep going. I, I I'll ask you. Oh, okay, are yeah, Making your point.
0: You're fine. I think. Yeah, I think there's a delay. That's why I'm probably butting in. Um, but I saw an ad that really kind of made me almost angry about a camera gear and it said um, a camera so smart it almost takes the picture for you and I'm like I just don't know how I feel about that <laughs> you know
1: well like it doesn't
0: your mind becomes numb
2: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. just ignore the advertising <laughs> so when you're um, just for your own personal work what would you say you're doing percentage wise, film to digital, like sixty forty, fifty
0: fifty? Um, right now, all my personal work is strictly film. Yeah. My digital is still for my for my commissioned work, um, because that also gives me separation from my work.
2: Yeah. Because
0: I've I've burned out three times as a photographer in the past twenty seven years, um, where I just hated photography I didn't want to pick up my camera yeah and the reason why is because I would shoot digital for jobs and I would go shoot digital for Mm -hmm. um, myself and it would just feel the same it would be the same approach and I I just was like I just need some kind of separation
1: interesting I never thought about that but it it would It, it would draw a line between the two Yeah. What kind of camera Mm -hmm. are you using for film?
0: Um, I have two. I have one that I used while I was studying in college that I never sold. It's Mm -hmm. the N80, um, and it's a Nikon. And I love this camera because it shoots just like my DSLR. Mm -hmm. All my lenses I use on my DSLR. Oh, okay. um, So I don't have to buy new glass. It's very interchangeable. And the second camera is my golden jewel, it feels like. It's the um, 1955 Nikon S2, so it's a range finder. Yeah. And it's completely, completely different. I've never shot a range finder before this past year. And it was like I was – I felt like a new photographer, like a new beginner photographer. I was, like, so frustrated with it. I I couldn't (laughs) shoot with it. It it was very – foreign for me and I like that feeling though I like feeling like I didn't know what I was doing because I was falling asleep behind my other gear because i would shot it for so long yeah so I needed that reawakening wow so it kind of helped me with that
1: yeah 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 rangefinder is a is a switch I was mm-hmm. I went through a couple of Leica finders um m, m cameras and i just never gelled with them i mean i like Mm-mm. them
0: it's, it's hard yeah. i uh-huh yeah. yeah the way the way that i figured it works for me is i have to sit patiently and um predict the action before it happens because when mm-hmm. you're shooting at slr you can do when the action happens because yeah. it's quicker. But with the rangefinder you have to focus in advance and predict that moment will happen and it be their focus. Because sure. you can't focus quick with them at all.
1: Yeah, and you gotta wind it too. So
0: it Yes and yes exactly. Wind it, um everything.
1: Yeah. So what's your what's your film of choice? I I think I can I think I can tell, but Yeah you tell me. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's it's um well I originally started out in film, like I love the Kodak, the triac T Max and Triac 400 mm-hmm. speeds and I do love the Ilford thirty two hundred. But um my main overall was probably the HP five plus which is an Ilford black and white film. Mm-hmm. And I've always used black and white. Um I started out with black and white film back in the nineties and my work is always converted back to the black and white. Um, even with digital, I, I still see in black and white. So, and people, yes, that's, that's, that's,
1: that's the FP4. Tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yes.
0: have
1: a video connection a here or something. Camera,
0: yeah. Yes. I've, hey, I've got mine right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a whole package of it. Yes.
0: Yes. And that's another thing. Film is so expensive now that uh-huh. to me, shooting film is like a commitment. It's like an investment. It has value. It It adds value to my photography Whereas digital. I don't have to commit to the ISO. I don't have to commit to, you know, it's like, I just kind of don't have, I don't feel as much value when I shoot digital as I do film for me personally. Mm-hmm. It's I the can mindset see that. because of the, Yeah.
1: I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself, and that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So, if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only 3.75 per month with a one-year subscription, per month with a one-year subscription, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. I've got a question for you. I just, uh, I read something that you had in, um, uh, on photo.com dot com, on oh, what, what do they call it? Uh, All about photo on photo dot com. Anyway,
0: yes, yes,
1: uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, yeah. a statement I, I think your your artist your artist statement I think was, was really good. And just you know, nice written, in plain English makes a lot of sense. A lot of artist statements they're hard to make sense of. But you said something that really stuck me. It said. Uh, now the act of shooting is more important than the image, and you're kind of motivated by the energy you're given at the moment. I don't know if you recall writing that.
0: I remember um, writing that statement because, to me, I feel like um, I like to connect, and, and photography is a way that I I use to connect to, to people, and and shooting is my action on getting kind of to where I notice them or to try to understand them Um, because the editing is my least favorite part about photography. So the shooting is what I care about. And I think that's why I like film because I don't feel, I focus more on the shooting than I do the editing.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Sorry, I I had a thought before we talked and uh... Mm-hmm. I and I'm trying to I'm trying to find my note here because uh, I, I'm thinking of a, sh- a photo that's um, it's going to be in the in the film article, and it's called I, I don't know if you know remember the names you give the photo. It's called American Tourist. It's mm-hmm. a photo yeah, it's of a family. That. Yeah, yeah and, mm-hmm. and it just brought up a question and. Um, so everybody, when you know, make sure you you check this this article out when it uh, when when it's published. It's going to be in the March issue. And uh, you know, it's a like a family, and they're sitting behind a fence, and behind that fence is a golf course, and the American flag off to <laughs> off to the viewer's right. And and it just it, it doesn't have to do with this particular photo, but um, I just wondered. Do you recognize particularly in this case? I'm sorry, I'm I'm fumbling around here, but trying to figure out how to frame the question. But when you make a photo like that, do you recognize it at that time that, that this is a really nice image? Or do you realize it later when maybe you're looking through the photos oh, from that role? I
0: knew at that moment. Okay. No, I knew at that moment it would be significant for me because. It, I've, I don't know, I've compared it to almost like a lightning bolt in the uh-huh. past, talking about my photography, because it's something that like, uh, and it's like I've become tunnel vision, and I know something internally causes me to just zone into that person or to that, that group of people. So it's all about being aware of your surroundings and in tune with it. And it's so hard sometimes because I was on vacation with my husband and he was sitting to my left and I had my camera in my lap and I looked over to my right from our seat and I saw this family, they looked so tired. And those little girls looked like they'd been in the sun all day. They were like, just, you know, it was just, it was like a moment that I was like, oh, I could totally relate to that as a little girl or, you know, it was something that that I can that resonates with me that makes me want to take a photo, so it was something that that I grabbed real quick.
1: So you knew you had it when you did it. That's great. I did. Yeah. Did, how many frames did you take? Just the one? If you remember. Uh, two. Two. Okay.
0: Yes, our two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. The lightning bolt. So tell me more about this lightning bolt or this energy <laughs> that, that that you feel. Well,
0: it, yes. It's almost obnoxious for my husband because we were at the day of the dead and it was so crowded and it was nighttime and I had my camera and I saw something and I just walked away from him and he's like, where did she go? <laughs> and like this, the, I think it was an image I may have shared with you guys, but it's of a woman holding her child's hand and she's dressed. And I was like, I just yeah. love that. Um, so that was another moment that was kind of like I just had to get it. And then I, I just took one picture and that was it, you know? And that's the thing the prey and spray of digital photography. You don't do it in film. You either know it a moment, you can recognize it and appreciate it, or you just, I don't know, I just can't explain it. But that's how sure. I am with film. I feel like it gives me confidence in knowing when to shoot something or not.
1: If you hadn't so, had so much experience, shooting weddings and I, I'm sure other things where you mm-hmm. have to be really quick. Would you be able to do this the way you can mm-hmm. now with film? No,
0: not at all. No. And that's no. Cause I feel like 10 years of wedding photography, it's almost like ingrained in me now. It's like, yeah. I can't even shoot a, a normal, um, you know, I, I don't even know how to shoot normal anymore. I feel like it, it has to be quick and fast and on my toes, you know. Landscape photography is I I just I try it, I just can't get into it because it's not fast, you know. So I feel like that's why the Nikon S two, the rangefinder, has helped tremendously with slowing me down. Because I feel like sometimes being a fast shooter can almost be my downfall. Because um uh, I guess it's impatient or it could be just, you know, I don't wait long enough before a moment could actually happen. Or so there's a lot of things that um, can be a plus or a negative to it.
2: The, um,
1: you know, in street photography, you know, we talk a lot about shooting in urban environments. you know, capturing the moment, spontaneous moments, candid moments, most of the time in urban environments. And you, you don't live in one, um, but you're still, you know, I see in your work, you're just, you You are capturing moments. And um, my theory is that can happen anywhere. You don't have to be on the streets of Manhattan to, to, capture real life uh you know i before i talk to somebody i, I write down words about what you know what i get from mm-hmm. their work and the things i see and one of the some of, some of the words i come up with are intuitive spontaneous unplanned mm-hmm. human very human your your photos are very human mm-hmm. and i to me that's it's inspirational because sometimes i feel like yeah i've got to get into the city to take photos but you can still come up with really very human photos in your own house or in your own neighborhood walk, you know, just walking the dog or whatever.
0: Oh yes. That's exactly what I learned from the pandemic. When everything was shut down, I live in a a more considerable rural area of Alabama. I'm like 12 miles. I'm 12 miles North of Birmingham. So when you go 12 miles North of Birmingham, you'll start seeing more land and, more rural communities with farm animals and um, space and creeks and and um, all that. So, I I used to think I had to travel to take exotic photos, but yeah. I I remember in 2020 when all my bookings were canceled, I was like, wow, I really miss photography because at that time I was kind of burnt out of it. And yeah. um, so I took my I would take my dogs walking at this old Polish mining town that's kind of isolated. Um, along the five mile Creek and there were, and I guess it was the first story I submitted to you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. there were kids playing in the Creek and that's where it all began. I was like, Oh, I'm inspired. This is just literally eight miles from the house. Um, you know, so since then I feel like I've committed myself to shooting more of the locals in small town, small towns of Alabama because it's more personable for me. It's not just passing a stranger and not knowing their name or their story. Cause when I photograph someone, I'm, I'm curious about them. I want to know, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit about them. I just don't want to take someone walking down the street and not have that connection. So every picture I pretty much have for the most part, I feel like I at least know a little bit about them.
1: Yeah. You know, I look at a lot of photos. I mean, Probably more than most people. And a lot of times I can tell if there's a, a connection. I'm glad you used that word. There's a connection. see a lot of a lot of what I call people walking down the street photos, you know, picture yeah. people walking down the street. I take lots right. of them too and throw most of them away. But when there is a photo with a connection, you can feel it. And I see that. I see that in your work. And how, how do you connect with somebody you don't really know? just because you're that's interested that's a good
0: question because
1: yeah.
0: right i feel the camera is my tool to approach somebody because i am naturally reserved in style when when i'm just out without my camera mm-hmm. and i love talking to people um it's kind of intimidating at first but most of the time when i approach them i don't just hey can i take your photo i want to know something about them and then after we talk a little bit that's when I, I want my camera to be invisible. That's basically my goal when I shoot. I I don't want people to recognize me with the camera. I want them to recognize just me, you know, Mm -hmm. and the camera be just a part of who I am.
1: Yeah. So how do you do that? Especially if you're carrying a big SLR.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh yes. That's another thing. That rangefinder is so let, I feel like it's so much less intimidating that yeah. people are more likely to let me take a photo with a smaller camera than a huge, cause I don't know, I feel like so many people are so suspicious now because there's no privacy and then photographers yeah. are really literally everywhere. And so you have to read their energy before you can, cause a lot of times people are closed off, um, thinking, well, what do you want? Or, but I, that's another advantage. I feel like shooting in my small town. People start recognizing you. They they know mm-hmm. who you are. They'll know someone you know, and it's like a trust, automatic trust. So, I think that's why I do better shooting in small towns than I do bigger cities.
2: Yeah,
1: I guess
0: you're, the energy is different.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're probably used to that too. Because when you go to a wedding as a guest, there's always a photographer, mm-hmm. and you just don't pay attention to them. You know, they're there. Mm-hmm. You know they're not getting in your way, mm-hmm. and um, and it's nice being in a situation, either on the street or if you're doing a project, where the people are comfortable with you, so they're not they don't even pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And right. uh, and I, I do I love being invisible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Some guys I talk to, they're like well, I'm six foot four and I have a hard time being invisible.
0: You mentioned technology. I was like, yes, that that is definitely another reason. It brought back to my my, the way my mind works, how I kind of make sense of things. But that's another reason. I have deleted accidentally or just through years and years of not backing up my images. I've lost so many images that my negatives from 20 years ago in a folder, are still intact, but my digital images, over time, they get corrupted, they get, so that's another reason, it's important to have a hard copy of your work, whether it be print or negative, because people don't print, or, you know, it's just like you, it's important, because technology is always changing.
1: Yeah, I just finally broke down and bought a photo printer. I put it off for years, Mm -hmm. I would, when I wanted to print something, I'd send it to a lab, and so I finally did it. I guess it was kind of a Christmas present. Only I bought it. But anyway, and when I when I see those photos come out, it's like they're real. I mean, until they're mm-hmm. on a piece of paper, they're just not real, at least in my head.
0: Right. And you made a good point, Bob, because, because I recently was... Speaking to someone, I was like, you know, is photography even real anymore, or is it an idea that people look at on screens hmm. all the time? Yes, it's it's just pixels, you know. Um, it's and you can't—they don't exist outside of your computer. Images don't. Yeah. So that's another thing I like. I like tangible images, whether it be printing my digital work or having a a hard negative for from my camera on film
1: yeah yeah and you know i'm saying this and i'm in the business of of a digital magazine but there's just no comparison that's i think that's why i like Mm -hmm. photo books so much is you know it's nice to Mm -hmm. have it have it in your hand but this brings up another question about your i guess your workflow uh your your film workflow um obviously you're shooting film black and white how do you, what do you do from there once you've captured it? I mean, do you, do you process the film yourself? Or are you sending it to a lab and having it scanned? Are you, are you printing in the dark room? You know, so what, what do you do yeah. from well, like, like the, the photo we talked about, about the family? Uh, yes. On the beach. Or... So,
0: so, okay, this is my, this is my second time uh, to return to film. I returned to film uh, back in 2010, and I had my own dark room mm-hmm. and uh, rented from a photographer in downtown. And there I would print and develop my work. But in 2012, I believe um, something happened with maybe they got out of, they sold the space, mm-hmm. so I no longer had a place to to develop or print. And at that time, I don't think there were any labs, so I just stopped shooting film.
2: Yeah, and
0: then. I literally fast forward, I guess now to, you know, to 2021, 2022, and I was wanting to get back into film, but I was like, oh, it's going to be, I just don't have a place to do all that. But luckily there is a photo lab that just opened up in Birmingham called Electro Film Lab. And, um, they're the only film lab in Birmingham. So as they decide to close down, I... I guess I'm going to have to just get my old reels and photo uh,
2: yeah.
0: reels and everything back. Cause I do like the developing process. It's just the convenience and everything. I just, I'm not set up for that at my home.
1: So they, what do they, they develop the film and then do, yes, they, do yes. they scan they it?
0: Develop, uh, they, they don't scan my images. I use a plus pet a 100 to oh. scan my work um so i and it does really it does really good work um i'm still learning how to um use some you know like the curves and then like tweaking it a little bit but for the most part i don't have to do anything i just scan it and save it if i want to save it digitally Uh, so and i think you can scan up to maybe 13 megabytes or Get, I'm sorry. Get, see, I'm. I should know these terms. But <laughs> high res, you can yeah, can you know, scan large.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. The um, does it move? Does it go pretty fast, or does it take take a long I time? Believe,
0: the larger you scan, the the slower it will become. But you can scan low res, and it's really fast. But I just go ahead and scan high res, and then. That way I can have a high-res copy available.
1: Yeah. Do you know how how big are the uh, images after you scan? If if, Say you did it full-res, are they like 4,000 pixels or 6,000 across?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, Yes, you could do, and I think it's 13 gigabyte. Mm. Um, I believe it's a gigabyte. Um, That's a
1: pretty big picture. You can
0: print, (laughs) yeah, you could go up to 20 by 30 on it. Or I wouldn't want to go past the sixteen by twenty. Yeah. Probably.
1: Yeah. I have uh I have my son's old film scanner, the Minolta. Uh, yeah, it's a dual scan. And uh, it, Macintosh stopped stopped supporting it back uh quite a while ago. So I had to buy another piece of software to work with that and the Mac. And it's slow it's it's really oh, slow. Yes. Yeah, so uh, they don't look great but you know, and price is right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's crazy how quick, right how quickly things can um even my old digital camera, the D was it D200? Gosh, oh, I got really? rid of that years ago, but yeah, wow. it's yeah. just crazy how yes, yeah, how the advancement of technology it just it blows my mind how it's almost scary i don't know if jpeg will if people still can use jpegs in 50 plus years you don't so. know it's just kind of weird you yeah don't, you
1: know. don't know when i first started in business and that's, mm-hmm. no go ahead yeah
0: i know yeah no i was gonna tell you and that's one reason um my work even though i feel like with me i, I like to say i shoot for the future i don't shoot for now mm-hmm. um, because. I want to shoot for future generations, um, humanity, um, everyday life, um, more so than I would want to just take what's popular and, um, and what is, you know, conceived as mainstream or, and that's another reason why I quit booking clients as much because my work isn't popular. It's, it's not perfect. It's not, um, desirable. They don't, you know, they want they're scared of reality. They want something um you know, that that's this reality, I guess.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's um I have a lot of street photos or documentary type photos I really like. I'm not allowed to hang them anywhere in the house but in my office. <laughs> um. <laughs> I did get to hang one just this yeah. week that I, I took on vacation. But,
2: you know, it... Oh,
0: well, good. I, I don't know why people... Well, majority of people are scared of what they really look like. It's like they want... Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's my opinion. But having come from a strong portrait photography background... Yeah. I mean it in the nicest way, but, but people are vain. <laughs> they they want to be photographed how they see themselves. And to me, I just, it was just something that, um, I don't know. It is something that I was very resentful about with photography. And so it's almost like I wanted to break away from that kind of scene.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting point. You know, um, myself i like to photograph people the way they where they are the way they look um you know and i think everybody mm-hmm. is photogenic uh, except for me so mm-hmm. and uh um, I, I i like photographing older people i'm getting older and most of the people in my neighborhood are about the same age and uh, i i like photographing these people and then they always look at me go oh i look so old well You know, you're 75, and don't you want photographs of yourself throughout your entire life? You know, I'm not going to – I don't know how to do retouching, and I'm not going to learn how.
0: Yes, it's so crazy, and I have to say it's because I had to make a living as a photographer. And um, so I had to make people look their best, you know, give them what they want to see because that's what they pay good money for. Um, but when I didn't have yeah. to do it anymore, I'm not gonna do it. It's just kind of funny how I got my freedom back as a photographer. It almost makes me think of how, how much control do photographers really have when you're being commissioned for work. And, um, and I just mm-hmm. feel like I wanted to reclaim my craft. I wanted to be known for something more than just pretty photos. And, That's why I got rid of all the pretty photos, all the expected post stuff. And it was just, I don't want to say it was cheesy, but it was just something that I didn't have. I don't feel like it had much substance and I did. It did not have, it didn't hold my attention long. It was just something I looked at it and then I forgot about it.
1: When you do portraits, Mm -hmm. do you not even post people?
0: Um, I prefer not posing people, but I do have, which is funny, because mm-hmm. I do have some um, headshots for commercial work that are scheduled for next week, and so yeah. I will go and do that, but I, the way I pose people is I like to stand them somewhere and talk to them and get their expressions mm-hmm. relaxed. I don't like to feel like there's a barrier between me and, and the person yeah so it's slight posing because i don't want to say oh i'm just going to go 100 okay. percent the other way yeah and so i still pose people um like i do a lot of musician work as well because um i'm married to a musician and so i'm involved
2: yeah well, yes, i want to ask you about yes. that and <laughs> so
0: basically i've since we've been together for about 12 years i've been involved in many projects with uh his band and then fans of his um, associates or just, you know, different musicians over the years. And so it's fun. I I get to kind of change things up a little bit and, uh, and kind of direct them with that, but that's probably the extent of it.
1: Yeah. So when you photograph somebody, you don't tell them, okay, hold your hand over here and put this one over there. I mean, you don't, you don't do those things anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, weird. no. And um and yeah, and I quit putting babies in baskets too. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz that was a really popular thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I forgot so, about that.
0: Yeah, so that's that's why I I love uh street photography magazine because it's it's just um I don't know. I was not really very brought up with street photography. I'm not that familiar with it, but through your, your publication, it's helped bring awareness to me about everyday life. And that's what I've kind of been doing, but it's just sort of like, Oh, that's what it is. That's kind of the style that I, I really connect to. So thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, and that, that reminds me of a, of a, a Cartier-Bresson quote that, that you, um, that you had on i think it was on your website it says just live and life will give you photos i've never heard that quote from yes. him before
2: oh
0: yes it, it it i have to remind myself that every day um not every day but every time i have my camera out because i feel like i'm so focused on getting that perfect moment sometimes that i'm not living and and then when i'm just hanging out i see something that's just awe-inspiring. I'm like, oh my goodness, and I just take the photo, and it's it's so easy, and I make it so complicating if, if I overthink it, you know. I just think oh,
2: you, you know. just shouldn't
0: rush the photo. You should just live. Yeah, you just live and let it present itself.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm really guilty of this is just looking and looking and looking for a picture, and versus not looking and recognizing the moment when you see it. Right. And that's hard to do. I mean, it's like like a zen thing, I guess. And that's obviously what well, you do. I think
0: um, well, I feel like I have to be comfortable in my environment for me to to open up to it. And there are times when I may like I'm trying to use an example, like if I feel like I'm more guarded because of either just not knowing the area or not feeling the vibe on the people mm-hmm. or, um, so to me, I feel like I need to shoot where I feel most comfortable, which is kind of in my hometown. And so I think that's why I've been focusing more on comfortable areas. And it gives me, um, it almost makes me feel like it plants me in in a home where um I get to know people and I know my neighbors again. It's kind of like mm-hmm. you know, it sort of involves me.
1: I saw while well, you're the Day of the Dead photo that you have in the film article. Where where were you when you took that? Were you in Mexico?
0: That actually no, that was uh in Birmingham at Furnaces. Oh. The they have a big my, synchrodomy- no not synchro, I'm sorry, Day of the Dead.
2: Yeah.
0: Um in November and um and so I try to go every year and this was my first year I bought my camera and um well my film camera and it was just um I don't know, it was that's it that was hard for me because it was so crowded, it was so packed, mm-hmm. it was so rushed that I felt frustrated when I took that photo because I felt like I, I like to sometimes feel um like i have several chances to take a photo but i was very that's probably why i put that one in there because i was impressed that it turned out because (laughs) it was so dark it was so crowded and i just literally just had one shot and that was it so that's another reason why i like film because it makes me feel more proud when i do get it right because you're kind of limited
1: yeah you sure are what film was that? I mean, it looks it looks, like, uh, it look, looks it a lot looks a lot cleaner than some of the.
0: It's um HP five the Ilford oh, and it that? was okay. shot at four hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised it came out that way because I didn't push it a stop or two because it was the end of a roll that I had shot prior the oh. earlier that day or the day before, so I couldn't push it because. Everything else was shot in four hundred. Yeah. So that's
2: another that's limitation. What I mean.
0: When when you shoot film you have to yeah, another limitation and I had to work past that. Yeah. Um, and I shoot a lot with a fifty millimeter and a thirty five and I and that was with a thirty five. But um <laughs> but I always just take one lens. So
1: Yeah, same here.
0: Um one lens and yeah. Cause I do, I get overwhelmed. Yeah, I get overwhelmed with all the options and then it almost paralyzes me to shoot. And that's another reason why I feel digital is actually harder to shoot than film is because I have too many options when I go out. I have, you know, to edit like, and I feel like there are more emphasis on presets to use than the actual shooting with digital. So um, I like just to focus on the basics, a lot
1: of times. I've got to ask you something else that has nothing to do with photography. Well, actually, it may have something to do with photography. But you did—you told me your your husband is a yes, full time yes, musician, right? Mm-hmm. Or he's a musician anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: So first of all, what does he? What kind of music does he play? And you know, what instrument instrument does he play?
0: Yes. Um, well, he plays um, lead guitar. And he is full time and so he mm. he does a lot of southern rock and blues and he'll be um touring with uh the Waymores. Um uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but he'll be playing the uh a big music festival in spring in um Austin, Texas, South by South, I think is I said what it's South called. by? Oh my god. So he'll be doing Wow. Yeah, yeah. He'll be doing that. Um And so basically he does a lot of just different work with different musicians in different bands. But Mm -hmm. he does his primary gig uh, for Birmingham that he plays, I guess, four nights a week just about out in Birmingham. Um, So he does that with uh, a cashback tribute band, which is like Johnny Cash. Um, And then he'll do like the Edmonds Butler Band, which is like a bar gig that will play blues. Uh, Southern Rock and stuff like that so he he does a good bit of variety of stuff but um I feel like it really fuels my creativity uh being married to a musician because there's always something we're working on yeah
1: yeah and you both probably Um, have similar problems you know being creative mm -hmm. do you I mean yes
0: we all we both Yes, because um he'll get tired of playing the same stuff over and over, and I'll get tired of shooting the same stuff over and over, yeah, so basically, being a creative, I've learned being a creative it's we're intelligent, we have to be i don't know challenged, we have to yeah, grow, we have to you know, and I think everyone that's a creative can kind of relate to that. Because if you just do the same stuff all the time, it, you just that's how you get burnt out, and um so keeping ourselves. Motivated in our work is constantly involves changing. I feel a lot of times.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Does he tour a lot?
0: No, he tours. Um, gosh. Well, he he pretty much I would say a couple times a year he'll go do something. And mm-hmm. in a way, I don't know if he would want to tour full time because on the road all the time that would be. Probably just a lot of I don't know. Probably hard, and but for me, I feel like when he tours, it's probably just a couple weeks here or there.
2: Yeah. Um, he
0: went with uh, Sugar Cane Jane. Gosh, I guess it was a couple years ago. They did a tour. I think it was a couple months um, up, you know, the the East Coast, Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. But he's pretty much home most of the time. He's in, he does nights, he he works nights, and I'm a day person. So <laughs> our schedules are kind of opposite. But, but I do love that we both have our own craft, that our own um, things that we can work together with or separately.
1: What kind it, of things do you do together? No,
0: kind of. I do a lot of their album design stuff. So mm-hmm. if they have something they come up with, um, done um a couple albums that he's been on like um the sugarcane jane and bucket fillers album cover and then the Evans butler band cover that they had and um he worked on some stuff with stephen padilla so i I did their album cover and then um adam hood he had a cd that i did his cover art on um so yeah i mean it's just a handful of stuff and i think it's great that He's surrounded by creatives that um, it helps involve me as well. And I think that's important because I enjoy working with other creatives. It kind of helps push the boundaries a little.
1: Yeah. A friend of mine who actually we featured last last year in a magazine, uh, Jeremy Stevens, is uh, he's a photographer and he photographs uh, bluegrass. And
0: oh, yes.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's photographs a seldom seen, and he we have a lot of bluegrass festivals here mm-hmm. in Virginia, so he he's photographing those throughout the summer, you know, the festival season, and he gets a lot out of it, and yeah, really um, sharpens his skills. Um,
0: yeah, because I um, those images stood out to me because they were relatable. They were uh black were were they black and white images.
1: Yeah, mostly. Yeah,
0: yeah, because I liked his work when I saw it. It was, um, and that's something um, people tend to photograph what either they're comfortable or they're interested in. And I think that's the secret to photography: is photograph things that you're passionate about, and your work will speak for itself. Yeah. Um. So I feel I feel like that's what I had to let go because I was. I wasn't growing in my work because I was shooting stuff that I wasn't passionate about. And I don't feel like I truly grew in my work as a photographer until I um, let go of the money issue of photography and kind of focus more on just the art of photography. So I'm a terrible business person. I would not advise anyone that wants to do photography full time to my because um, I'm in it for photography and not the money.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of people make their living doing it, you know, God bless them. But uh you know, when you do something mm-hmm. as a job, it becomes a job. And sometimes job, mm-hmm. you know, they call it work for a reason, right? <laughs> no, yes. Not always. Yes,
0: and that it did. That
1: fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just feel like in the grand scheme of things, um and looking back on everything we talked about, I really feel it boils down to my relationship with photography
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and keeping that alive. And and I feel like when I decided not to do full-time photography any longer, I was kind of like, oh, you're stepping back. I mean, it's like, you're why are you doing that? So many people want to do full-time photography. But to me, it's more successful to shoot what you want to shoot when you want to shoot it. Versus being told what to shoot and how to shoot and when to shoot. I don't know. I just feel like I, that was important for me with my photography.
1: Well, that's good. Not everybody has that option. So that's good. Good for you. So what what's coming up? Anything, anything new you're working on you want to share? Or any events um, coming up?
0: Okay. Well, let me see. I have um a couple of shows now that I'm kind of doing more personal work. I want to show people kind of along the lines of uh my home my home uh, hometown and just a few um just kind of like documentary style photography shows. Um, Columbus Art Center, I have one coming up next month there. It's gonna be more of like um and take on roots runs deep so it's going to be sort of a showcasing locals of small towns that you know generational cast down um images and then of course in 2025 that feels like so forever long before it gets here but um i've got a show in fairhope that will be um showcasing a lot of my film uh works on film so Um, And that's kind of like what I'm working towards. I feel like just giving myself goals, um, stuff to shoot, because I try to shoot at least a roll of film per week to kind of just keep me motivated and keep new work coming in.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. So I'm going to ask you two things. So tell us where people can find you and see more of your work
0: yes if they are interested in black and white um film photography i would encourage them to go lee and underscore photo that's l-e-i-g-a-a-n-n and then just the under for and then photo that's on instagram and of okay. course facebook is lee and Edmonds. yeah well actually it's probably and photography because my old business name was LA Photography LLC, mm-hmm. and that's what I use a lot with my um, weddings and portrait stuff. Um, and so I've kind of obviously just kept the same Facebook page, but, but I just use my name now.
1: Okay. And then your website's leannephotography.com, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. that's correct.
1: Okay, good. You know, um, Let me ask you this too, since we talked about him. Is there any place where someone's interested in hearing hearing your husband's music? Does he have his own music website or anything? We can hear him play. Oh, by the way, I love I love Southern Rock and Blues. So I want to check, I wanna check out his stuff. Well
2: good.
0: I'm trying to think when they I think they're gonna be playing in Chattanooga at the end of February. Now if you go to cashbackmusic.com. Um, that's not Southern rock. That's going to be more Johnny cash, but, um, that's going to be a place you can go see. And then of course, YouTube, old faithful YouTube. If you just go Edmonds Butler band, I'm sure you can find something. They do a lot of blues and Southern rock. And then, um, and then the Waymoors, which he is not full time with them. He just is going to be touring with them on this show. You can also find some of their work, but
2: okay.
0: I am trying to think', cause yeah, so he definitely has a uh, a lot of stuff going on, but you have to when you do full time, you know, uh, to make a living, so he's I learned real quick that if you want to do full time music, you better get in as many bands as possible at yeah, and and hopefully one of them will make it, but
1: <laughs> yeah, good. I'm looking forward to but, uh, I'll check it yeah, out,
0: yeah. And of right. course, if they ever play in Virginia, I'll let you know. Um, what part of Virginia are you in?
1: I'm in central Virginia in Charlottesville. Okay. We have a okay. very, very good music scene here. Uh uh Dave Matthews lives here. Oh. And uh okay. yeah, so he lives here. He owns a winery here. And a lot of people know him. I don't know him, but uh yeah, we've got Quite a active music scene here. College town, you know, helps not far from D.C. and Richmond. Wonderful spot. Mm-hmm. Tell them to come here and play. I'll, I'll come well, see. I
2: Yes,
0: I would love that because I love Virginia. I love the the mountains there. I, a long time ago, I had a photo shoot in um, Virginia. It was like not Blue Ridge. It was called Blue something. It was on West Virginia and Virginia state line. Um, okay. But I just I fell in love with with the charm of of the region for sure it's
1: really really nice yeah i love we live right next to the blue ridge or close I you know 15 that. miles
0: yeah i love the mountains um i prefer mountains over the ocean just because of the hiking i i'm not much of a swimmer i don't like water in my eyes so yeah i'm mountains any day
1: well we got the appalachian trail right here Run Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: runs right along the blue ridge. Come on up and hike it.
0: I would love that.
1: It's hard. Well, you're a runner, so you, you can, you can handle that. (laughs) Uh, I don't
0: know. Not if I have a huge backpack on on me, but um, yeah, yeah, I do a lot of trail running. So um, I would be up for the challenge for sure.
1: Yeah. You'd like it. Our mountains aren't too high. All right. Well, thank you, Leanne. It was nice to finally meet you. And uh, appreciate the time.
0: Oh, you too. And well, thank you for showing interest in in my in my work. And
1: yep. Yep. I like it. Good stuff.
0: And yes, I do appreciate you showing an interest. And of course, hopefully, um, definitely I, I do look forward to being in touch and seeing your growth with your street photography magazine as well. I think it's a great thing to have available for photographers uh, because it is a community of knowledge and it helps me uh, have a go-to place um, because street photography, at least in Alabama, I don't know many street photographers here. And I think it's important to kind of have something um, help get the word out. So that other photographers can show an interest in this genre of photography.
1: Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine.